I have something brand new that I'm super excited to share with you. It's called the Community Creators Hub, and I've made it just for you. You can search through every episode of this podcast by keyword, download all of my favorite guides and resources, and find all of my recommended tools for community creators. And the best part? It's completely free. Just go to Community Creators Hub, that's Community Creators Hub, H-U-B, dot com to get your free access. Today's episode features Matt Gartland, the CEO of Smart Passive Income, which you may know as Pat Flynn's community. He's going to be letting us in behind the scenes of what it's like to be a CEO, the role he plays in the company, as well as giving us some insider insights to how switching to a community-focused offer has led to such a high retention rate. This is for you, the online business owner who wants to maximize your profit and multiply your impact. I'm Shanna, host of the Community Creators Podcast. I've spent over a decade helping top brands and entrepreneurs create thriving communities that increase their reach, retention, and revenue. This podcast is where I share my best insights and invite you into conversations with the world's leading community creators and cultivators. So grab your favorite mug, fill it up, and let's get started. Well, friends, I'm super excited that you are here with me today because for the first time ever, we are talking to the CEO of a business. Now, often we're talking to the business owner that's really operating the business. And I think many of you are dreaming of the day when you can hire a CEO to come alongside you to help run the business so that you can really operate in your specific zone of genius. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we're also going to talk a lot about community and retention as well, because today my guest is Matt Gartland, and he has over 10 years experience in the online business space. He's had over three exits, which is pretty amazing. He's an advisor and investor in early stage tech startups and related venture capital funds. But how you are probably going to know him is because he is the CEO of SPI Media, which is Smart Passive Income, Pat Flynn's community. Many of you all know and love Pat, but I wanted you to meet the genius CEO behind SPI and get to know him a little bit, a little bit about the CEO role, and to talk about how they have such an incredible retention rate in their communities. So Matt, thanks so much for being here. It's a thrill to be here. That's a very kind intro, so thank you. Before we get going, I always ask this one question. Tell us about your favorite community you've ever been a part of and what you loved about it. I think back to my college days, I was a resident assistant RA in college, and there was so much about community. I mean, really, it is community when you are in that position to kind of build the chemistry among those students right in the dorms and do programming to organize events to be both a friend as well as a mentor and a counselor. And you're wearing a lot of different hats in that role. And it was thrilling, right? Just to kind of be a part of that special time in their lives was for me as well. It's a leadership position also. So kind of bringing in really early stage leadership opportunities as well. So, so much of even what I think about what we're doing today, and I know we'll, we'll dig into it, you know, at SPI and just kind of how big community has gotten generally online. I honestly think back to that moment in college is a really seminal moment for me in terms of my attraction to really bringing people together, facilitating conversations, building networks, some of those disciplines. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that because I often talk about the beauty that college life is and how college is really about community and not about classes. Like we are as entrepreneurs, oftentimes it's like your kids shouldn't go to college and I'm totally fine if that is not my child's path. 
But my husband and I have said, we should buy some like rundown college dorms. You know, all of these colleges are going to be shutting down in-person campuses at some point in the near future. I'm like, we should go and buy like some dorms to create some after high school dorm like experiences for the entrepreneurial kids that aren't going to be going to college. Because I think there's so much that you learn in that dorm setting that if you don't go to college, you're not going to get that dynamic. You're not going to learn how to handle those relationships and how to build community and how to work with other people and frankly, live with a roommate, which is pretty challenging that I think are really important life lessons. They really are. And you see that up close when, again, you're responsible and all the other RAs in our, what was called a super group for trying to be there again for them and to help guide them, these kids. And we were kids too, but you know, through these very forging moments, right? Yeah. Relationships and academic pressures. And what do I want to be when I grow up questions and they're dealing with aspects of identity. And I think, again, there's a lot of parallels to even how we think about community now today in business with entrepreneurs and like, you know, what's my identity? What am I trying to build? Who am I trying to serve? Overcoming imposter syndrome. Just like there's so much parallel to kind of those really critical years from the college years. Yeah, that identity piece. I'm sure we're going to get into that because this is a huge piece of community. It's often why people join community. But I would love for you to tell me just a little bit about like, what is your path to becoming a CEO of SPI looks like? Like, how did you end up where you are now in your career? I wouldn't say it was choreographed or a straight line, right? It kind of just happened. It wasn't totally accidental either. So I'd say a blend of the two. I got into startups after a really successful leadership career in enterprise IT. So I did well in school, got into a leadership program that moved me around the country for two years right out of undergrad. It was sort of like an in-house MBA program. I was in what we would now think of as like data science. So just a lot of really insightful analytics and then building progressive software systems with the sales and marketing teams and whatnot. And again, this is at pretty serious scale. So had a lot of fun, learned a lot, but always was an entrepreneur at heart, you know, the kid with the lemonade stand, you know, from youth. I was like, okay, so got out at a good moment before I had to really double down on the enterprise career, got into startups and have gone through, my gosh, at least 10 different startups in different capacities. Some have gone well, I've had some exits, some haven't. When you go through these sorts of experiences, you get a lot of range, like of skill and experience. So you know, I didn't only specialize sort of in one thing, but along the way, it's always about business and trying to find some version of what would be called market fit in terms of who do you want to serve and how, and how are you differentiating yourself? And you know, how can we really create a really prosperous sort of relationship where there, there is economics at play, but always kind of, again, with some spirit of community in terms of that service and in terms of that connection. And what was really fun when I got into online-based startups was the intersection of content and technology, right? So this was the 2010 era. Uh, I met Pat shortly thereafter. So this will bleed into the Pat story. And I had a couple of agencies, some on the content side that we would now call like the creator stuff, even though that term didn't exist back then. I had an e-commerce agency as well. We were working with some of the biggest direct-to-consumer uh, retail brands on Shopify, you know, doing $25, $30 million a year, so like Bombas Socks. Some of these really iconic, or at least they are now, direct-to-consumer brands. So again, it's been weird in terms of like, okay, I'm attracted to how we can connect people online, how we can service them and bring really interesting stories, and then the products and services that those stories kind of compel to market and build really thriving, prosperous, profitable companies. Again, some have gone well, some haven't. But through that, met Pat. We worked together on his very first book project back when I had my creative studio, which was Let Go, which I want to say was published 
in 2012. So, so our history together is over a decade long. And then along the way, we became fast friends, uh, kind of became a pseudo business partner when we weren't officially yet business partners. And at least with that particular relationship between early days of SPI and him doing really well with that, and essentially then my creative team becoming everything under the hood in terms of the podcast production, the blog writing, even the courses, right? And helping him bring, you know, kind of the first generation online courses to life. That was all us kind of behind the scenes. He was one of the better, if not best clients in terms of his trust in us, you know, his collaboration with us. So fast forward to 2018 and I kind of bent the knee. I was like, look, man, we're better together than we are apart here. And there's even a bigger opportunity if we just kind of actually kind of like tie the knot. So like, let's do that. And he was receptive to the vision and we started to evolve what we wanted to build as like the next generation of SPI together. So we put the companies, kind of merged them together at the end of 2018. And now we here we are in 2023 with, it has the same name, but it's a very different company in terms of what the business model is. And we can unpack that more, but you know, it's a community powered company. Community is our business model. It's not just like an add-on product. So there's a lot different today, but it's much more exciting, I think, than ever. Yeah, I love like the history because I think having that trust and that relationship is so important. And a lot of business owners that I know who are thinking about like, I need somebody to help me run this company. I want somebody to come alongside me. That's the biggest thing is how am I ever going to trust somebody to fill that role, to lead my team, to carry my vision forward? And the reality is, is like, it wasn't just an application process. You weren't just some random person that filled out an application that had a set of skills and experience. You knew the business inside and out. You had been involved in the business in a certain capacity. It sounds like a very in-depth capacity. And you had built trust, the relationship over time, which made you a natural fit. But what I love is the boldness that you have where you saw the vision of what it could be. And you went to him and you're like, look, I think this is what we can do together. I think this is what we can create. And he trusted you enough to align with you and that. And you all have created something really amazing with SPI, something that I am very attracted to because of the community element of it. In fact, like when I was looking at the offers, I noticed that there was community in everything. It was like community powered courses. So I'm super curious, like, can you just give people a little bit of a perspective on what SPI is now. What is it that you all offer? Who are you serving? How are you serving? And then let's kind of dive into what that community element looks like. Yeah. Rewind just a little bit to kind of set that up. So when we decided to pursue a much bigger, more interesting and innovative vision in terms of coming out of 2018 and merging together, it was because we were starting to sense looking at economic data, looking at our completion rates with courses, you know, a lot of different data points that things were changing in terms of the market, in terms of what people were really interested in and how they were learning. And this was pre-pandemic. So the pandemic factor is going to come up here in a moment in terms of how much of an accelerant this was, at least in our thinking. Anyway, so we've always done really well with education, so online courses and different disciplines. And if anything, that's maybe what we're now best known for, right, is how very valuable our instruction is, our education. But we wanted to be more than that. We wanted to be more of this kind of honest to God, going back to my college reference points is more of an actual ecosystem, you know, more of an actually integrated learning environment and not just a provider of individual courses or knowledge products. So how do you do that? You know, we weren't the first one to think of memberships or community for sure, but trying to be different in terms of how we stitched it together in terms of how we actually brought it to market and brought it to life 
And then most importantly, especially for folks listening, right, is how you facilitate that, right? Like how do you get good at the actual kind of community management aspects of connecting people, keeping them connected, right? Facilitating that peer-to-peer interaction and actually having that be a core competency of the business, right? And not just having some third party do it, right? Or putting a, a project manager in charge of that project management, a really important skill, but like real community management and community facilitation is a very distinct skill set. So those were some of those earlier thoughts that were galvanizing for us. I'm like, okay, why even do this? So lo and behold, then we built towards that. We were working on the first community product, if you will, ahead of the pandemic starting. So it was nice that we genuinely had that kind of down the runway in terms of its development before pandemic even hit. We were planning to launch it in the summer of 2022. We did after the pandemic had already started. So that was fortuitous, I guess, you know, and lucky we weren't predicting that. And then we've grown into what we now have and call the All Access Pass, which is the fuller manifestation of that original vision that kind of galvanized all this, which is, yes, it's all of our instruction, our courses still available on demand, DIY, people can study that. But now we have accelerator events where in cohorts, we're taking students and guiding them through the curriculum. We're helping to hold them accountable. We're helping to foster that peer-to-peer kind of buddy-buddy kind of study group mentality. We're getting then obviously much better completion rates going from, you know, the single digits, which would be very normal. And there's a lot of people that report on that in terms of like DIY courses, you'll be lucky if you get 10% of your students completing your course. And we're now probably in the, I don't know, 40, 50% using community powered course models and cohorts and things. So that's a big part of it. We have then learning journeys as well. So it's not just then like one course that we're helping guide people through, but it's like this broader arc of, okay, if you're aspiring creator entrepreneur, if you're trying to make it on your own and become financially independent, which a lot of us are motivated by, that's kind of our North Star, right? In terms of entrepreneurship, then, okay, after you complete this course, let's do this other thing together. And then maybe that sets you up to be ready for this other learning journey. It's almost like college. So I'm just like, okay, here's your freshman level orientation. Take this classes first. And then we recommend these next classes. We're helping them build confidence. We're helping them build skills. We're helping them build resources and relationships, right? That are going to help them their entire career. So that's the real point of all of this, right? Is to create that learning environment for our students. Yeah. Okay. There's two things I want to unpack here. First off, I love that you do like the pathways, the curated personalized experience of the content. So this is something I've been working on with a lot of my clients going, yes, you have an amazing library of content that's been built up as you're running these memberships, but people don't know where to start. They want you to hold their hand and tell them what to do next, what course to take next, what training to do next. And you can do that through those like curated roadmaps. And people think I always have to be creating new content all the time. But the reality is, is oftentimes the content is already there. We just need to be putting it into a package that makes it really easy for people to move through it to get the end result of having not just consumed that content, but done the work. So can you talk a little bit about that pathway piece? And then I'd love to dive in just to the cohort element, that really community accountability cohort and how that's leading to such high completion rates. On the pathway side, I think the first important thing to emphasize is it reduces the pressure of our students to even understand like which one comes first and am I ready for this? Because the prior model, at least for us, because we had a lot of scale and still do, like we have 17, 18 different courses. So when you're trying to sell those as one-off offerings, right, 
that can create market confusion. Or like if there's a student, even a, a true fan that like loves you and really knows your brand and believes in you. It's like, my gosh, like there's a lot to choose from. What's right for me now? Am I ready for this course? This might feel a little bit too advanced for where I'm at. And that can create downward pressure on a business's economics and how we're trying to grow and, and these sorts of things. So these days we just have really one thing to sell or at the least offer. And that is the all access pass, which is you can come in, you make one economic decision, one purchase decision, if it's right for you now. And then inside that you can get more acclimated to the offerings. And there's not then an ongoing, like I need to make another purchase decision, another purchase decision, another purchase decision. You're already in. And then it's like, okay, this now pathway feels right for me. Now, let me give it a try. The pressure's lower and therefore people are more willing to take a chance at it to really like lean forward and be a less reserved about it. And these are really important considerations when you try to convince and persuade and influence someone to come with you on some journey. So those are, I would say, almost like the uh, economic psychology aspects of it. And then the pathway stuff, and we do have like kind of one-on-one level courses. We have some basics. Smart from scratch is probably one of uh, the shining examples of that. As anyone might be interested in creating their own online brand, you know, especially again, in this ecosystem of kind of creator forward being the term now and thinking about like, we're not trying to raise money. You know, we're not trying to like get friends and family funding or any of that stuff. It's like, we just want to bootstrap this. I'm not trying to build a company to sell necessarily. I just want to replace my nine to five job. I want to have financial freedom and independence on my own. I want to have a lifestyle business, have more time with my kids and my family. You know, these continue to be the transcendent sort of motivations. So we can provide a really baseline pathway experience that gets them more curious and more aware, sort of that like mental unlock, right? Of like, oh yeah, I need to learn about email marketing. I need to learn that at depth. And oh, there's from SPI as a part of this ecosystem, there's even a couple different ways I can learn about email marketing. Some are a little more entry level. Oh, this next one feels way too advanced. I'm not ready for it, but that's okay. Cause I'm in this safe space. I'm in this community. Other people are going through the same kind of learning journey, skill development transformations as me. That's fine. I can take that course or be a part of that accelerator for email marketing magic next year, even I'll do this more like entry-level workshop now. But again, you're all in the same space and we're not constantly selling to you. We're just inviting you and offering like different experiences at different moments. Which I think is beautiful about what you all are doing is you have this like one core offer. Everything is in there. The community is together and people are at different levels, which I think panics people. They're like, oh, I need my beginner membership in course. I need my intermediate and then I need my advanced and you have to move from this and then pay more to get to this one and then pay more to get to that one. And you all are like, no, we're just here to create this community and serve no matter what level that you're at. So talk a little bit about how those accelerators work and how do you all, yeah, I'm guessing you go through one at a time or are there multiple who's leading them? What does that cohort experience look like within this context? I believe we're only running one accelerator at any given time that allows our community to stay focused as it stands. It allows my team to not get overwhelmed. And I'd love to kind of come back to the staffing operations team dynamic because that's a really critical piece of making any healthy business work uh, and function and grow. So that's right now. Now, as we continue to grow, as I hire more, as our team can then accommodate more, then yes, we ought to be able to offer probably multi-threaded kind of uh, in parallel accelerators at any given time. A great reference point that's probably a little more established in terms of like the vocabulary online is a cohort-based course, a CBC. These really got supercharged and popular in the kind of early months and years of the pandemic. There's a platform called maven.com that is entirely rooted sort of in this offering. 
So it is this kind of hybrid experience where it's not completely DIY, but it's also not completely live. It's like a blend of the two. And then you as the creator and the entrepreneur, the expert putting on and and offering a CBC, a cohort-based course, then of course you get to make the decisions. Is this a two-week experience, a three-week experience, a six-week experience? That's up to you. But the point here is that it is time-bound. It doesn't go on forever. And at least on the economics from a strategy business standpoint is it is one-time purchase. Uh, At least again, if you have an offering on Maven or if you're doing sort of this outside of the community component. So typically these are higher dollar as well. So as an entrepreneur, you can kind of think about your product suite. So if you have a DIY course and you're selling it for $300 and then you want to offer a CBC variant of that, it's the same curriculum, but you're inviting people into a more hybridized experience. They have some live access to you. There's something of a community vibe there, right? Because it's a cohort of peers going through that same course together and some sharing back and forth. Then you can charge more. There's higher value there, which is even just in terms of like business design, you know, that's a really interesting thing. So we have taken a lot of those methodologies and elements and brought them into our accelerators. We're just running them inside our community, not outside of our community. So there's no extra cost to it. It's an invitation. What we have learned, again, from a completion rate standpoint is completion rates boom when people are going through these accelerator events. We've also learned, quite frankly, for marketing purposes, that these are really effective conversion offers. So when we're trying to get people to even consider the community at all, there's a real, not artificial, call it a trigger, right? It's like, hey, our next accelerator for podcasting, right? Starts on Monday. If you don't want to miss that accelerator, you better join by Monday. And it's not fake. It's not just price squeezing. It's not some of these other kind of maybe black hat or great hat tactics that are online. But we can be sincere and be like, look, you know, we put a lot into these experiences, right? We have full-time team members that are managing these accelerator events, right? There's real cost on us on the business side to be able to do this. This isn't just infinitely scalable because it's not a DIY course. So anyway, it's just therefore a more honest relationship with our customer. Yeah. And I love that. It's like you can be evergreen and still have that natural deadline because you're open all the time. You have this natural deadline. And then when they do the accelerators, are they doing like Zoom calls? We do. It's a mix. All right. They're doing live calls, like facilitated live calls to help them move through the content. Yep, exactly right. We have some playbook to this stuff. So a lot of our flagship courses are still like Pat's courses. I'm creating some new business courses. A lot of the like audience building related courses are still kind of, you know, led by Pat uh, and he's the teacher. So Pat will join live on kind of the bookend event. So our kind of celebratory kickoff event on the front end of these accelerators. And then at the kind of graduation completion event on the end, he tries to make those as well. But this is another really maybe important point to emphasize is a part of, for the folks listening, you even teed it up a little bit is, you know, how do you potentially thoughtfully grow your own business to a point where you're not doing everything, right? And you can get other people in the mix. Pat doesn't have to teach this whole accelerator event. He's not the one guiding it. We have really skilled people. We've actually hired teachers. We've hired educators that have that background, that have that skill with facilitating classrooms. And I'm proud to say that we have two full-time community managers are past educators. They have that background. Oh, I always say teachers make the best community managers. <laughs> my executive assistant who runs a lot of my business actually is a former teacher as well. So it's my husband. So I have a big heart for teachers and fully believe in what you're saying right now about past educators being incredible facilitators and community managers. Ashley, in particular, she runs our academy, the SPI Academy, and that's where our all access pass membership lives. That's the ecosystem there. 
And right now she's the chief accelerator moderator person. Like, like she runs those, right? And very successfully and students love it. So she's the one that then on a weekly basis will govern the Zoom call or whatever around accountability, check in, answer questions about the curriculum or whatnot. Be that teacher, right? Like to help the students through the material, hold them accountable, challenge them in different capacities, but always in a nurturing way. So in terms of the, the structure of these things, the synchronous stuff on a weekly, if not even like twice a week, sometimes depending on which cohort it is around what subject matter, sometimes like the more advanced stuff might require a little extra kind of interactive t- uh, touch points. Some of the more, maybe the opposite of that, the more kind of fundamental stuff, maybe less. That kind of gets into the art of it around like how do you design these experiences, especially within a community context. But yeah, they've done tremendously well. It's so good because I have a client who does something like this. They do these boot camps and they serve nonprofits. And one of the things that I've been working with them on is that when you do the boot camp, you don't have to throw in a whole bunch of extra content for this boot camp and a whole bunch of extra assignments. So we've been sort of shifting from this concept of them having, they have a library of videos, they have a library of articles, they have a curated roadmaps now that if you want a specific outcome around fundraising, for example, like you can go through the roadmap of curated content, but then they're doing these treks, which are like a light version of the boot camps and then doing the boot camps, but they were creating new content for all of these things. I was like, well, wait a second, it's the same stuff, but it's in a different package and people can experience it in different ways. So it's like, yes, you can go through this course or these different trainings on your own DIY and we'll tell you what to do, or you can go through it in a facilitated manner with your community on a regular basis to get that accountability, to get the support and the coaching from our team. And I just love that concept of helping people implement, which I say all the time that our goal in community isn't engagement, it's progress. Like that is the goal. And that this model really helps facilitate that, which I think is incredible. I completely agree. It's it's progress towards an outcome that is real, that is meaningful. And that depending on who you are and what you're offering with inside your community, again, we have a lot going on, then they stack like these results can compound in terms of at least how we're positioning ourselves and the growth that we're trying to galvanize for our students and members, you know, which is becoming that much more confident and that much closer to being an established full-time entrepreneur that have met those North Star motivations of being able to leave that nine to five job, to be able to be full-time because they're making enough from their own ventures now. So one of the things I love about how you present the offer is not just that you really focus on like that community aspect, but I noticed like you all have like a one-off course, and then you have the all-access pass, which is just a little bit more expensive, but it's really annual. I didn't really even see a monthly offer, but I also know you do like quarterly payment plans. I think you all are really smart, probably because of your data background, in playing with the actual offer, not the pack, not what they get on the other side of it as much, but how are we presenting it to people? And a lot of that plus the community piece has really led to a super high retention rate. So I'd love for you to talk just a little bit about like the psychology of the offer and sort of how you all package and present the offer differently based on how people are seeing it. Yeah, we'll start with the psychology side for sure. And then there's just quite frankly, like business to discuss as an executive and the folks listening, like how you need to think about, at least from my standpoint, the design of your company the design of not only what it's trying to accomplish today, but then are you making good business decisions today in terms of the fundamentals to support growth that can be also profitable and sustainable. But first on the psychology side, 
we want and need, I think, especially these days to create more time and space for people to really learn, adapt and apply what they're learning. To think that someone can maybe become successful in a week if they take an online course on their own, like a DIY sort of an experience, and then start to implement it and get the wins there. I think that's increasingly sort of a, a challenge thesis for anyone trying to do this. And then if it doesn't go well, the lifetime value that you might calculate and ascribe to that customer is potentially compromised or diminished if they don't have an ability to get feedback, to have some flexibility even in their own schedule. Life gets in the way frequently. People need to not be prioritizing their online course learning, right? And something else comes up. So inside community, inside the experiences we have built, like that's kind of baked. It's a safer space. Things can happen. Even if they have to step out of an accelerator, if they're in one, like that's okay. We're here for them. We're not going anywhere. So in terms of then like these decisions around psychology that have impact on business, they don't have to make another purchase decision. This offer is a recurring revenue offer. Like it is a subscription product which then for the health of the company is a better thing. This stuff just collapses back on itself, still kind of integrated. But yeah, the the psychology, again, for the student is that, okay, I have time to learn and apply. I don't have to rush. I don't have to feel that pressure. At least I maybe feel it less because again, this is an environment where I'm getting the SPI team support. Pat's there, Matt's there. Sometimes we bring in outside experts that we have relationships with. I'm getting that support from my peer. Even if I have to take a break, I can come back to it. And then from the billing mechanic standpoint is, okay, yeah, I paid and we offer quarterly and annual billing uh, right now. So even if it takes them three months you know, to come around to that next point of renewal on their subscription for all access pass, hopefully they've made some good progress in three months. And three months is a good barometer of time to create enough of that space for someone to actually apply you know, what they're learning. I think it's genius. I think when we talked before, I told you I had a friend who who grew a very, very successful membership in the guitar space. And he is like a total data scientist around everything that he does and was always tweaking. Like that was his job in the partnership was to test, read the data and learn. And they found that quarterly billing was the most effective way to not just retain people, but actually help them get more results. And when I do cohort retention analysis for all of my clients, we look at it and it's always that month zero or month one to month two drop off, if you will, where you lose the most people because they don't really give it enough time to see like, oh, let me get past the onboarding. Let me dive in and do the first thing. And we want to support them and we do, we create lots of elements to support them and that to help increase that. But at the end of the day, like if you only are thinking I'm dipping my toe in for a month to see what I can get done, it's hard to really carry people on to that second month. So I love that it's like, no, they're in for three months. We have three months to really help point them to the right resources to help them see some small wins along the journey and for them to really get a feel if this is for them. Exactly right. So very then squarely on retention improved, your churn goes down. And we didn't know that per se, like maybe there's some guesswork there. We did start with monthly, uh, monthly and annual. We didn't start actually with quarterly when we launched the first community back in that summer timeframe of 2022. And we learned this stuff. So like, there's a lot that maybe looks pretty, I don't know, obviously in terms of us, like us talking about, it, but like we've learned some of this stuff the hard way as well. Learn, adapt, change and evolve. So that was one of the more important adaptations that we have made, you know, within the business was moving to quarterly as the baseline. I know of other communities that they only offer annual. That's a 
higher threshold to get someone passed, but then you have a whole year to deliver value, deliver value, deliver value. And then, you know, when that comes up for renewal, that thesis is like, okay, they're going to say like, gosh, this is a no brain. I've got so much value over the last year. Of course, I'm going to renew. Hedge your bets, you know, different market segments can produce different results. So big asterisks here. I personally don't think in terms of how we're serving and the sort of customers that are kind of the right fit for us, that that would probably work as well. Having a quarterly option seems to be a good sweet spot for us. Yeah, you know, it's so fascinating. And for those of you listening, the one thing I want you to take away from this is that there's not a one size fits all solution. You have to test it with your market. So I have one client that they only offer monthly, primarily because of the operational load that it requires to offer annual and everything else that you have to put into place, you know, annual renewal strategies and annual upgrades and how it works on the back end, like how do you handle that annual? But they used to have an initial buy-in fee. So of a couple hundred bucks, I think it was like 279 to get in. And then after that, like 67 bucks a month. And they've had that forever. And she grew to 10,000 members. It was amazing. But then they said, you know what, let's take it away because all we're doing is preventing people who need our help from getting inside of this membership and we don't want to do that anymore. The day they dropped it, they 3X'd their conversions on their evergreen funnel. I mean, it was insane. Just like that $200 buy-in fee on a $67 a month membership, dropping that 3Xing their conversions. Now we did take a hit on the retention side for sure, especially in that first month. We've been doing some things to work on that. But financially, it made way more sense because of the increase in conversions to take the hit on the retention side. So I just love the data behind it all. I know I nerd out about data all the time on this podcast. But just if you if you don't know your numbers, I talk a lot. I have episodes on calculating retention and uh, lifetime value and all of that. Go back and listen to those because if you don't know your numbers, you can't make these kinds of informed decisions and you're just cookie cuttering whatever you've seen everybody else do. So definitely like dive into that data. Okay, this has been so fascinating. I love talking about all of that. Now I want to dive in, kind of circle back around to what it takes to run a business like this and what is really your role as the CEO and helping bring all of this to life alongside Pat? The biggest thing, at least how I've thought about the job over the last two years, was to lead through a very, honestly, challenging transformation. Think the butterfly metamorphosis, right? The caterpillar into the cocoon and emerges as a very different thing. And inside the cocoon, there's a lot of stuff that's happening, right? And it's kind of messy and it's challenging. So the trick with what we have done over the last two years is to intentionally cannibalize the original business and build a new one at the same time and not wreck the business in the process. That's hard. It's fun to talk about this stuff. I think it's also important to talk about the other side, you know, take the rock and look at the underbelly of it. So it is hard. So like pulling down, intentionally pulling down revenue generation from our one-time course product sales was not an easy prospect, but we would have created a lot of marketplace confusion if we're trying to still sell and sell aggressively anything that we originally were in that classic model, open cart, close cart, those sorts of mechanics to a one-time course offer, and then keep trying to also then promote into a lot of our community growth. So we had to finesse this and change this. So you're dealing with a lot of transformation in terms of your revenue, where it's coming from and what patterns. You're trying to keep the team motivated and adapt them to trying to sell a different thing. You're changing your funnels. We have essentially rebuilt our entire email ecosystem, our funnels. It's hard, but it's like, you know, you got to lead to that change and the change, you know, change management as a real like discipline and a skill and something that then any leader should really get accustomed to. 
So change management, uh, conflict management, these real leadership-oriented capacities, they presented for us. Like Not everyone maybe thought we could do it, but we've led through it. Some stuff has, again, been challenging. Team dynamics, culture, stuff like that. Always investing into your team is really important. And you need a team, at least at our scale. An in-house team, we have nine full-time folks. So Pat and I together didn't make 11. Not big, not small either. So how do you keep them motivated? How do you keep them focused? You know, what are the goals of the company? What is that North Star objective that we're trying to build towards? How do you continue to compel that performance from the team when we're trying to do things differently? And sometimes, again, it's hard in a lot of different contexts. Sometimes customers don't like the fact that you're changing your offer. So a lot of that can happen. And we see that in the inbox. We see that in different ways. To the question, my job was just getting us through that transformation into the other side, at least for the last you know two years. And we're there. We've gotten through the hard stuff. We're out of that dip in terms of changing technologies, changing the email funnels, changing the offer itself, testing and adapting our billing mechanics, stuff that we've already kind of hit on today. It hasn't been peacetime. This is an overly cliche use of the idea, but you know, a little more wartime, a little more difficult. But now we're kind of into peacetime. The numbers are working. Things are going really well. And now it's like, okay, now my job is different. Now the job is just continuing to get the word out about like what we've done to continue to build into the team so that they have the resourcing that they need. As our membership grows, as we've kind of already hit on a little bit, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna have to hire more. So like, okay, where are we at with the business financially? What sort of role are we building into? And I'm not the one making all of those decisions anymore. Thankfully, I have a really good team behind me here to think about, okay, are we hiring in someone that's maybe brand new to community management? And then we're training them. Training has costs, time, soft costs, as well as hard costs. Or are we going after someone really senior that is experienced, right? Okay, maybe that's then lower on the training side, but in terms of just salary and other things that kind of come along with that, you know, for the offer, that's you're going to be higher there. So managing budgets, stuff like that. But yeah, that, the job now, now that we've gotten through, again, the transformational period is just continued growth. And growth for us, again, in terms of the business models, it's essentially a software company, or at least in terms of the mechanics. It's a SaaS playbook. I call it community as a service, not software as a service. And so we're looking at just growing our MRR, diversifying different ways to grow our average revenue per user, which is a really key metric, kind of drifting back into some nerdy data stuff, obviously extending our LTV. How do we do that? How do we build other partnerships? That's a massive part of the job right now. My job is then extending away from maybe our legacy friends and peers that really helped, but I need to expand the pie expand the awareness you know, to what we're doing. So I have to open new doors, new channels, new pathways for discovery for us. And as always, continued motivation to join the community. So that's the job now. Oh, man, there's so much to this. Okay. So one of the things I love is that you talk so much about team. And that's the thing that a lot of visionaries, entrepreneurs hate about running their own business is the team aspect. And I think it's often the thing that they do want to hand off. But we talk all the time about leadership and how important that is and how your team is really the backbone of the success of your business. And team can be the one thing that can really hold you back from the growth that you want to experience. So I love that you just emphasize that so much, because I think oftentimes entrepreneurs who have been solo running the show for so long, they're really hesitant to add team. They're really hesitant to get support. And then when they do, they don't support them well. They don't guide them well. They don't involve them. And your team is a community. So you need a culture, you need to motivate, you need to encourage just like you do your members or your course customers. So I love that you really focused and emphasized on that piece. 
But one of the other things that really stood out to me was the change management. So we have an episode on change management because there's a process called ADCAR that I really like love. That's change management. So we'll put that in the show notes for you all. But this is not something that's one and done. Like I'm thinking about myself and where I'm at in my business. I'm just like resonating with so much of this because I've had a one-on-one consulting model and then my evergreen course. Well, not moving, I would say, but I'm adding a group consulting slash mastermind offer that we're going to be rolling out in August. And I have that fear of, is this going to cannibalize the one-on-one consulting? And my good friend, Laura, who I was voxering with the other day, she was like, if it's really good, it will cannibalize that offer. And that's what you need to be okay with is building an offer so good that it potentially cannibalizes some of the other offers in your business. So the fact that you brought that up and mentioned that, like we knew we had to stop promoting these other things. We really had to go all in on this offer and how you helped to navigate through that change, I think is so valuable. Now, do you all have like other than this one offer? Do you all have other offers? Like once you get into this world, eventually you may move on to a mastermind or maybe live event or something. We have some today. And of course, from a vision standpoint, there's more that we'd like to do. So we have right now two memberships. We've been talking largely, at least the stories I've been offering are from that all access pass. This is $59 a month base price though. Again, we bill quarterly and annually. It's ungated. So we're trying to meet kind of earlier stage individuals and folks that are curious and, and want to begin to really test the waters, learn the ropes, apply what they're learning in these entrepreneurial waters. A little more beginner-esque or advanced beginner, if you use some standard kind of language there. That's our wedge product or our hero skew or some of these other terms that you know I pull from some of my range of experience. So from the e-commerce world, the idea of your hero skew is like kind of classic. What is that one product everyone knows you for? Maybe it's your hoodie, right? Like if you're a, a retail merchant doing like t-shirts and other stuff. So that's it for us. We also have our pro membership that is gated. Uh, you have to apply. Not everyone gets in. We actually launched Pro first. Pro was the membership, the community offer that we launched immediate post-pandemic area, the uh, summer of 2022. And the primary thrust there, and it, and it continues to prove true, at least in terms of, I guess, how we see it in our own numbers and feedback from members is that doesn't have a lot of content in it. It doesn't have courses, at least independent, not yet. It is pure community. It is about the connection, advanced networking, bigger, more advanced level, like business questions and struggles, right? So it's serving entrepreneurs at a different place in their journey, a little more down the road. And people are there because they want the connection and the community support and not just, oh, it's more content. Now, that said, in terms of part of the question, like, where are we going? What are we trying to grow into? I'm going to be creating, more led by me on this side, our actual business courses, things around strategic planning and leadership principles and budgeting and financial forecasting and revenue modeling and organizational design, team building, these subjects that are certainly more advanced, more on the business side than say the pure marketing or audience building side. Those courses will live inside the pro community, much like our other courses today live inside the all access pass. And now our pro members get everything kind of very classic, very proven kind of SaaS modeling. Pro is the more advanced membership. So you get everything in the membership tier below. So they get access to all access pass. They get access to those accelerators. They get access to all of the on-demand courses. If they want to do it in an on-demand fashion, they just get more. They get the exposure to the pro community that is kind of walled off from the all access pass community. So that's what we have right now. So we do have two offers, but uh, we do want to grow. We want to test some waters with more 
you could think of it as private mastermind or small group coaching. I have one that's a pilot group right now, actually, that I lead that's gone really well. There's about 15, 16 folks in it that are paying a much higher rate. 59 is our base price for all access pass. 99 a month is pro. And then this private mastermind, we're testing the waters of around even like 299 a month. So at least in our SPI ecosystem, that's a significant upshift in terms of the investment level. Yeah. Oh gosh, this is so exciting. Okay. So I know we could talk about a thousand things more, but where can people sort of stay in touch with what you all are doing? Cause it sounds like you're going to be testing some things and y'all, I talk about this all the time, but if you want to have a community, if you have a community, if you're running programs, you need to be participating in other people's programs. You need to be experiencing and learning from how other people are running their programs and running their communities because we can all learn from each other. So I know I would highly encourage people to check out the all access pass to dive into that community to see what you're doing there, even with the pro element, because I love that it is really community only. It's rare. We're seeing more of it, but really having a community only offer, I think is wonderful. So what's the best way for people to dive in and stay plugged in with everything you all are doing over at SPI? Thank you. Maybe two things. Pat talks a lot about obviously what we're testing and learning on the community front in his newsletter. He's the author of it. So subscribe to the newsletter. It's called the Unstuck Newsletter. So I direct people there. You can find all of this stuff on smartpassiveincome.com. I believe the landing page for the newsletter is just forward slash unstuck because that's the name of it. And then for the all access pass itself, if you really want to see how we're positioning for that, even consider that if it made sense for you, it's smartpassiveincome.com forward slash all access. So good. Matt, thanks so much for hanging out and giving us really the behind the scenes, not just of your career and what it looks like to be a CEO, but also how you all are really breaking down the science of offers and crafting a really community-focused experience in a way that helps get people results, which I think a lot of business owners, they spend 90% of their time on the marketing and 10% of their time on actually helping people get results with the thing they sold them. And you all clearly have a vision for spending way more time on the actual experience that people are getting after the sale. And that's going to serve you all and already has served you all so well in growing your communities over the long run. So thanks for hanging out and sharing that with us. Oh, it's a blast. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Hey, if you're serious about creating a thriving online community, then you need to really understand the four foundations of every thriving community. I'm going to teach it to you in a free seven-minute training. That's right. It's just seven minutes. You don't even have to give me your email address to get access. All you have to do is go to freecommunitytraining.com or DM me the word training over on Instagram to get access. Hey friend, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe. Then do me a favor and leave a review letting me know what you want to hear more of. To learn more about the show or connect with me, head to shanalyn.com. That's S-H-A-N-A-L-Y-N-N.com. Until next time.